I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real-life hardship, and we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through, and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience, and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom, and that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing, and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her podcast, H-E-A-L, Honor, Elevate, and Love Her podcast formerly known as the Iwaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey towards wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. Michelle Thames is the online business and marketing strategist, as well as the host of the Social Media Decoded podcast. She provides one-on-one coaching, strategy, and online resources for creators helping monetize their passions. Michelle's strategies have helped her and her clients build multiple six-figure businesses utilizing social media. Michelle also has over 11 years of experience as a content creator and influencer. She has worked with brands such as Lenovo, Toyota, Olay, Subway, and many more. So please welcome to the show, Michelle Thames. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much for agreeing to come and share your healing journey with us and your evolution of how you got to where you are today. Yes, yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) So like I was saying to you before we started recording, I've been following you on Instagram for a while. And I'm one of those people that I only follow accounts that inspire me. Like I have family and friends that I don't follow on Instagram. (laughs) But I follow you with three of my Instagram accounts because you provide valuable content. And I felt you were very relatable in what you put out there, not just for business, but just as a human being in general. So thank you for the light that you put out into this world. And I'm excited to share that light with the listeners today. And I'm just uh, really looking forward to getting into this conversation. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for following me. I definitely appreciate that. I try to definitely share super authentic information to connect with people and it's valuable. Like, I'm just, I love what I do and I know we're going to get into that. So I'm (laughs) excited. Yes. So before we get to where you are presently, I love to start at the very beginning before society started to limit us and all these self-limiting beliefs came into place. So I would love to know what did Michelle want to be when she was a little girl and what were you like as a teenager? So I, Oh, I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to work in healthcare, and that's what what I actually did. I ended up getting a 
bachelor's and a master's in healthcare. I don't know, you know, when you're growing up, it's like, oh, you get a job and you're going to work there for like 60 years and you're going to retire and get your pension and all those things. So I wanted a job like that, but I went to Northern Illinois University. And so it was a really good experience because there I was into nursing and the professor said, I don't know, I think it was like a counselor. She told me, well, I don't think you're going to be like good at this. And so I was like, what? Like, why would somebody tell me this? And I was just like, you know what? Okay, I will show this lady. And I didn't end up doing nursing. I ended up doing healthcare administration. So I kind of flipped it because I was like, oh, okay, well, healthcare administration is kind of like you can manage like a clinic or, you know, work in a hospital, which I ended up doing. As a teenager, my mom moved like in the beginning of my freshman year of high school from like my childhood elementary school all the way to eighth grade. And so I was like, well, you just had to move like when I'm (laughs) going to high school with these people that I don't even know. And so I think like that really like changed my perspective of just like people, because then I became like, well, I don't want to be a part of these people's cliques per se, Mm -hmm. but like I could be a known person, but I don't have to be with like a, a specific group of kids. Cause it's like, kids were like doing stuff that I'm like, I don't want to be a part of, or it's like, I don't want to be associated with that. So even back then, like I began to have these thoughts of like, okay, I don't want to be grouped with a group of people who may not necessarily have the same views as me. So like, I guess I was kind of like a loner, but I had friends, but I still didn't like hang around the, the people <laughs> who were doing the bad things. So, because my mom, like I had so many friends you know, in my childhood. And then she just like uprooted us and we left. And so I don't know if she thought about that. So that was like my childhood. But yeah, I I didn't even know anything about entrepreneurship. I just, I think me and my cousin did sell like pens and candies at school. So we, I guess we always had it in us. But yeah, I wanted to be in healthcare. And so that's what I did end up doing after I graduated from college. I ended up working in healthcare. Okay, so there's a couple of things that you said that I wanted to unpack. One, when you mentioned the teacher, that made the comment about what they thought you would be good at. I've heard so many stories from our generation, from my kids' generation of teachers that say these things that can have a huge impact on someone's future, on who and what they become. And um, there are so many teachers, and I have friends that are teachers, so I respect the profession, but there are also people who are in that profession that probably shouldn't be because they're not encouraging the children. They're not opening their minds. They're not allowing them to be creative and to try things. Um, so just out of curiosity, I guess, how, how did what that teacher said impact you? You know, I think it, it definitely changed me because I didn't go into nursing and maybe that was something that I don't know, I thought that I wanted to do, but I felt like it wasn't her. I felt like it was God. Like it wasn't her necessarily. It was like, nope, this isn't really what you don't want to do anyway. So I'm going to put you on a different path. So I looked at it in that way instead of looking at this lady crazy because I was just like, okay, well, maybe there's some other reason that I'm not going to be a nurse. And so Yeah, because I don't even think that I could have survived being a nurse, to be honest. Like, it's just not fulfilling to me to have to, like, poke people in the arm and, like, give, like, I'm scared to do that. So, like, I don't think I would (laughs) have been able to do that anyway. So, it's just like, okay, I was taken off that path to get on a different path, which was the healthcare administration, which I ended up going into and legitimately getting fired from that and put on a different path. So, 
as well as our teachers, parents and, and caregivers, they're, you know, often our loudest fans or critics. So although we might rebel in our teenage years and go off and, and do what we want to do, we're generally compelled to like please or imitate those authority figures. Did your praise or criticism come from your parents or were they like your cheerleaders in terms of what you wanted to do? Oh, yeah. No, my mom, she's always my cheerleader. My sisters, my sister and my brother. But I'm like the only one in my family that ended up doing something different. Like my sister, she went to school to be a teacher. And then she, you know, worked in teaching and then worked in a job. And then my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom. So I knew about like the stay-at-home mom, but like she didn't necessarily work. So I didn't really necessarily know like what was going on, how the money was being made. And my brother, he went to the Navy and he has an amazing family. All three of my nieces are in Ivy League schools and they're all graduating at the same time this year. It's insane. And so like our family is like very diverse, but I'm the only one who like do did it went a different path and said, forget this like nine to five life. Like that's not, I don't know. I'm not built for that, but no, I didn't get any criticism from my family. I just think in the beginning, they didn't understand what I was doing. Like I started a natural hair blog. So I started on social media and the internet as a natural hair influencer. So I had a YouTube channel. I was showcasing how to take care of my natural hair because I didn't even know that you could grow out a relaxer. I thought that like once my hair was like that, it was like that. And it's just like when I learned that a whole new level of life was unlocked. And so then that's how I found out about blogging and people on YouTube, because this is when all of this stuff just started. So I was mm-hmm. an early adopter to YouTube, to Instagram. And so this is why I tell people, if you if there's new stuff, get on it because you're going to be an early adopter. But I started out in that. And I don't think my family like really understood. They was like, oh, she's just, you know, like on the internet, she's, you know, sharing her life. And even some of my family was like, you shouldn't be sharing your life and you shouldn't be doing this online, but it ended up helping me to where I am today. So if I wouldn't have shared it and if I, if I would have listened to those naysayers that were in my family, I wouldn't be where I am today. I just don't think that they understood social media and how it works and how you can use it in a positive way. I don't have to use it to share my business or bash other people or tell somebody off or baby mama, baby daddy drama. I don't have to do it, use it for that. And so some people don't have that mindset. So they can't look at social media and positivity. They look at it as they're comparing themselves to everybody every five seconds and not really saying, okay, this is take it for its face value. And you can't believe everything. I don't believe anything Mm -hmm. until I like look into it more or say, okay, I'm following this person. This seems genuine, but even then it could still be fake. So everything's fake. You Mm -hmm. don't really know. So you have to take it for what it is and find that positivity in it. So yeah, I didn't really get a lot of pushback from my family. I just think that they didn't really understand. I think that when I told my mom, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going back to school or doing like a a nine to five type job. She was kind of like, Oh, okay. You know, when I quit, when I quit my marketing job, she was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, you don't really know like how it's going to work until I can show them like that this is totally possible. So, my family is very, very supportive, um, and I'm thankful to have had that. So, yeah, but it's just the understanding piece of what yeah. I actually do. Yeah, like okay. So you spoke to even from when you were in high school, not wanting to be a part of, I guess, the masses in general, right? Wanting to explore and do your own thing, and 
essentially go against the grain, which is an amazing quality because not everybody, you know, is born with that quality. And now as you pivoted careers and decided to do your own thing, you know, utilizing social media and doing those things, I love how you spoke to, you know, your family didn't necessarily understand until you showed them. Because I think something that a lot of women that are becoming entrepreneurs may not necessarily get right away is when your family and friends don't support you as an entrepreneur, it's not because they don't like what you're doing or they don't like you. They may not understand. You know, it's up, it's to their level of understanding. You have to show them what is possible. Like their belief in this thing not working out or that, you know, social media is a negative place. It's based on their own experiences. It's based on their own paradigms, their own mindset. So when you show them differently, you open up a whole new world to them. So you taking your own path and creating the life that you have now has shown them that there is other things possible other than what they've known. It's not that they didn't support you. It's just they didn't get it in that moment. Yeah. In high school, I actually had a situation that happened in high school that changed, like, I think my perspective again on people. So like I told you, I was new to the high school and I've shared this before on Facebook and we did a talent show and we were singing Destiny Child Survivor. And so I was the Michelle of the group. There was Beyonce and Kelly. Um, And so we got up there, we got outfits and everything. We rehearsed, like, you know, it was, it was really fun. And we got up there and, you know, the whole school booed us. Oh, wow. And I bring this up to people who are like, you know, a part of that, they're like, oh, I was there. I totally didn't know like that, that, that affected you like that or whatever. But it's like the whole school, we get up on the stage and you boot, that's like not a good, that's a negative thing. And so I took that and was like, okay, I must am going to be on stages or something because this is like a look into the, I don't know what, what I'll become, but this actually the song survivor, like what it's saying in the song, the symbolism of that, of like just my life in general, it's like, wow. So that just showed me that I was going to be again on a different path and that like what I would do would be like in front of people. So I needed to get used to just being in front of people, not the booing part. I think that was just for me to say, Hey, I'm not going to be like everybody else. This is just something different that I'm going to do. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love that you've had this strong mentality from a young age because someone else could have taken that same experience very different, right? At the end of the day, we can all experience the exact same thing and it affect us differently. And being on stage and having the entire school boo you can be a very traumatic experience. That can hinder you, you know, going forward in life from wanting to do anything in the public eye. And instead of playing the victim, you chose to use that as your motivator and to allow that to empower you. So knowing that your family didn't quite understand when you decided to go your own way, seeing that you were booed on stage, trying you know, trying to express your creativity. Where did you like receive praise from? Well, you mean like it started my business initially? It's like in, in general, because I mean, when when you've got your family and friends don't necessarily understand you or your peers at school don't understand you, there's usually somewhere that we find our community or we find comfort or we get our encouragement from. So I guess, where did you receive that from? I definitely had like aunts and cousins that like I really admired and looked up to, like they were doing amazing things. So I think that they were like my inspiration to say, okay, well, 
she went and got her master's degree. I can do the same thing. And so like, I literally got my master's degree because of one of my cousins. And so I did have that, that type of support too, and my friends, but in my adult years, it has definitely been my husband. He's the reason why I started my blog, my podcast. And so he has like definitely been my number one support and my daughter too. She's eight. Um, And so they have been like, the rock and like this is our family business and it's important to create generational wealth so definitely like my husband is my number one supporter in the adult um portion of my life but definitely my cousins and like friends they were super supportive i mean my family was still supportive like but they just didn't understand but my right. i've been with my husband like oh my god are we going on 8 years no 9 years married like 13 years, no, even more together. It's a lot of years. I got to get, it's a lot of years. And so like, he's been there for the majority of like my adult life, like in my twenties. So definitely he has been the the support system, especially on this entrepreneur journey, because we're both entrepreneurs. And I think a lot of our family looks at us crazy. Like, how are y'all living? Like, how are y'all doing this? But it's, we're doing it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So when, like when you're living your most authentic life. You know, some of your relationships will end up being in jeopardy. You know, like we mentioned before, people may not understand what you're doing or you know how you're surviving, how you're living. How have you been able to navigate those relationships as you've evolved and grown within your business as well? This is really, this is a really um, good question. So I, I had a best friend and we had known each other for a year since college. I'm a little seasoned. I'm 36. So when did I graduate college? 2008. And so we had been friends for like years and years. And then I got pregnant. You know, I was been with my husband forever. So like I've always been with him since after college. And I thought that like we were going to be like sisters forever. And so after I had my daughter in 2014, like she stopped talking to me. And oh, so wow. like that was the first relationship that I had. Like when you're like, you have a bestie, right? Like a sister and you, you know, do everything. You go shopping, you go to dinner, you do the things that we like to do together. And she just like literally stopped talking to me with no like warning or anything. I had the baby, like I sent emails, I sent text messages like, Hey, is everything okay? And she just like totally stopped talking to me. And then I ran into her one day and she acted like nothing happened. And I was like, are you serious? And I found out the reason why she stopped talking to me. And it was so petty. I was just like, wow. And then I tried to give it another chance, but it was just the relationship was done. And so Mm -hmm. that situation really kind of messed up my trust in like women's friendships. And so I look, look at them totally different because like who just stops talking to somebody? Mm -hmm. And you don't tell me. And like, I thought that this could totally have been solved a different way. And so that just, again, made me look at friendships differently, even with my journey, you know, creating my podcast and all these things that I'm doing. I am there for like my influencer friends and people who I talk to. I would go to their events, see them on panels, but then it would come to me and then there would be nobody. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. I know everybody's busy. I'm not expecting anything, but it's just like, wow, you could have showed up to something of mine or supported in some type of way. So just, you know, things in life have made me look at just relationships different. And of course, like when you elevate in your business and you're doing things, you know, everybody can't come with you to the top. There are people that you're going to lose, but you just have to 
have the mindset and be like, okay, all of this is for a greater purpose. If these people are supposed to be a part of my life, they will. If they want to show up, they will, because people make time for what they want to make time for. And so mm-hmm. if I am not a priority, that is totally fine. No love lost. I will still support you, but we just don't have that type of friendship. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you start to look at things that way, then we won't be so upset like at some of the relationships that we lose. But again, it's just a part of life and everybody can't go to the next season with us. They weren't meant to be in our lives, maybe. And I realized that my friend, she was meant to be in my life for that part. And she could not go past another part. Mm -hmm. So that's why it didn't work. Even when I tried to go back and fix it, God was like, no, it's done. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes we have to move on from those people and situations to move on to what's what is open and there for us that's supposed to be. So I've definitely have found different um, groups of women that I connect with that have been very supportive. And so there are like programs and masterminds and things that you can join with other people who are doing things similar to what you're doing and you will find your tribe. So mm-hmm. that has been like my long, short story <laughs> with friendships and things like that. But um Definitely some rough, rough, rough situations, but just learning from all of them that they're lessons, definitely. Absolutely. There are a couple of things there that you mentioned that I want to highlight. Um, one, I guess we'll, we'll start with um, the, the friendship where um, that female stopped talking to you after you had your daughter. I find for a lot of entrepreneurs, and you know what? I take that back because it's not just entrepreneurs. I find in general... Because we all heal at our own pace, and sometimes we may have a friendship or partnership with someone, but we may be in on many different levels. Like we may feel connected to them mentally, emotionally, spiritually, what have you. And then because of their hurt and their own trauma and their trauma responses, they're basically, their actions are a reflection of what's going on within them. Like whether it be something personal within her that maybe she wanted children and was jealous of the fact that you had one or, you know, she felt she had no place in your life or any of those things. There's always something within them that needs to be healed and worked through. Right. But it's very hard on the flip side when you're being ghosted and you don't understand like what happened to my friend. It's it's painful. It hurts. And that pain and that trauma, like you said, it affected the way that you look at other female friendships going forward because this one person who was hurt, hurt you. I find that it's very common, (laughs) unfortunately, within relationships as we evolve. But as you continue to evolve both personally and within your business, there are people that are going to naturally fall off because you guys no longer relate. Like, you know, not to say that you're better than them, but you've evolved past a certain point. You guys can't even have conversations where you're both interested in anymore. It's just natural. And then you will meet people who are at the same level as you, who are, you know, your, your spirits recognize each other. You're vibrating on the same frequency, whatever language you want to use. And you start to attract your people as you evolve. I wanted to highlight that because I think that anyone who is, well, any woman who is listening right now, that especially is building a business, you will find that to be a very common thing as you evolve within your business, as you evolve as a person, you're going to have these hurtful situations where people disappear, where they ghost you. But 
nine times out of 10, it's not even anything to do with you. It's their own stuff that they need to heal and work through. And then you mentioned about, you know, you being supportive of other people and them not showing up for you. I have been self-employed since 2009. And I can't even tell you the amount of times <laughs> that that has, has happened. And of course, again, it is hurtful when it happens. It's almost like you have to remove expectations from people. I had to learn that the love and energy and light that I put out, I may not necessarily get it back from those same people, but it'll come back around from somewhere. Um, because if we hold on to getting it back from those people, then we end up being resentful. So I think it's important that you pointed that out as well, because I think that the, the women that are listening need to hear that. And I guess before I start dissecting everything <laughs> that you said, <laughs> let's give the listeners a quick uh, synopsis of your story of how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So now this, oh my gosh, I hope that the gems dropped here definitely helps somebody. But yeah, so how I got started where I am today, I start. I started again as a natural hair influencer on social media, YouTube. I have a blog called Happily Ever Natural. I don't write on there anymore, but it is still there. So if you need natural hair tips, I mean, you know, you can go there. I used to be my name on Instagram and the socials used to be Naturalista86. So I've been in this for so long, like an OG in the game. I'm not sure if anyone listening is part of the natural hair movement or know about like Afro Bella and Curly Mickey, like back back in the day. And so that's um, definitely where where I started and those people are now my friends. So like, that's super, super cool. And so, yeah, I started this blog and it just blew up. One day, me and my husband went on a cruise and someone noticed who I was. And that from that day, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm building something. People are noticing me. This is, this can make money. Wow. And so I've always been so intrigued that I could be myself as a person, personal brand and create so many opportunities for myself. So I just started to expand that. I was fired from my healthcare job in 2016 and decided to freelance. And then I got the opportunity to work for Myel Organics, which then was a startup. Now they're a multi-million dollar beauty brand. And I got to be an integral part of their growth and beginning with digital marketing. I got to do everything from social, digital, email marketing, influencer marketing, brand ambassador, blog, going to events, putting on events, putting on influencer dinners, launching products on social media, you name it. And so I decided that I love working there. That's amazing. Their dream, that's awesome. But I also have a dream and I wanted to build my personal brand. And so I pivoted from being a natural influencer to a marketing expert. And so I decided to leave, which was very scary, but I did it. And me and my husband started our marketing agency and we've had our marketing agency three years now. Um, and I'm also have my personal brand, which is Michelle Thames. And I have a membership program where I help other creative entrepreneurs build online businesses. You can be multifaceted like myself and have a podcast, a blog, you have a website, you sell courses, you sell digital products. There's no limit. And the creator economy is 50 million strong. Like there's so much opportunity. So that's my dream is in goal and mission is to help creative entrepreneurs. And so that's how I got where I am today. And so it's very exciting to wake up every day to get to do this because I love social media because of what it's been able to do for me. And also I see what it's been able to do for the businesses that I've worked with, the clients that I work with. I know it works and you can do this organically. I've not used paid ads yet. I know the benefit. 
<laughs> but I have not used paid ads yet um, in my business. So it's been really exciting to do this organically and just get to be authentic because this is who I am. I love social media. I was on MySpace back in the day, Black Planet, AOL, Instant <laughs> Messenger. So like meant, right? Because I was interested in what that was before it even evolved to what it is today. And I was an early adopter to a lot of these apps. And so I'm just like, well, this was my calling. And so I'm listened and this is my mission to help people. I love it. I love how you've been able to take something that you enjoyed and you saw the value in it. And instead of saying, okay, well, hey, I'm utilizing this as you know, a brand ambassador or influencer, I'm doing this for myself, but now teaching other people how they can create, you know, content and monetize their business. You've basically created, you know, multiple income streams and probably residual income with like, you know, the courses and all the different things, which is a great example for the people that are listening is how you can take one thing and you can take something that you're excited about and create multiple streams of income from that one thing. You, you know, people always talk about pick, something and stay within your niche, blah, blah, blah. You can do that, but you can still create multiple streams of income within that. So I would love to know, like, what does success mean to Michelle? Oh, that's a good question. I think success means getting to do what you love every single day. Like I was miserable when I say miserable in the jobs that I worked in. It just never like worked out. And I always was like, what is wrong with me? But no, it was nothing wrong with me. It's just that just wasn't meant for me. So success to me is being able to do what you love every single day, just living a life that you love. You get to create it. It's not something just like it's you literally can create anything in your life. I've done it. This is why like, I'm so passionate about that too. It's like I've created all of this and you can do exactly the same. If you don't want to go to work a nine to five, you don't have to, but I'm not saying quit your job, but I'm <laughs> saying there's other things that are better. And if your route isn't traditional, then that's okay. But yes, success to me is what makes you happy. I love it. I love it. You know, so there's four motivations that drive everything that we do. Uh, fear, desire, duty, and love. And it sounds like you're just motivated, motivated by the love of what you do, what you get to do and who you get to help. 100%. I love it. <laughs> I don't know if you listen to my podcast, you can hear, I love this. I love to talk about social media and marketing and growing online. You could be an influencer and get paid to travel. Like there's so many opportunities. So I will tell the world how you can make a living just being yourself. Yeah. Okay. So oftentimes I've had conversations with people that the pandemic affected their business, whether it be good or bad, it either allowed them to grow faster or it allowed them the time to rest and reset and rethink their route going forward, or it forced them to pivot. How has your journey been since the pandemic? I think all three of those happened to me. It, it forced me to rest, which was good, but I definitely accelerated my business in that time because, because we were all at home. I had no choice but to say, I can do this. I created SOPs, systems. That's when I really got everything down packed with like the systems in my business. So I think it did all three and I was forced to pivot a little bit in what I was doing. I think then I really thought about digital products more to be able to have a residual income stream. So I started to build on my personal brand even more and speak more to like 
monetization strategies. I don't think I was talking about that in depth before, but I said, why not? Why not? Let's talk about it. You can make, somebody will be excited to make a thousand extra dollars a month. It doesn't have to be these big numbers that people are sharing on social media. I can be that person that's different, like saying, hey, you can make $10,000, $5,000, maybe $500 extra dollars, but it's possible. So I think during the pandemic, all of those things, definitely I pivoted, you know, I accelerated, but I also rested as well because I think I definitely took more time with my family because we were all at home. Mm -hmm. Love it. I love it. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell the people where they could stay connected with you online and to learn more from you and about you. Yes, you can definitely stay connected with me on Instagram. I love it over there at Michelle L. Thames. Um, also, my podcast, if you want to check out Social Media Decoded, has some really great social media tips to help you grow your business. Um, and yeah, if you want to follow me on Facebook, Michelle Thames. I think if you type me in, I should come up. Um, I have an open page on Facebook now. You can have like professional profile so anybody can follow me. So follow me there. I share a lot of really good gems and just things about life and business in general. Awesome. So I will definitely have all the links in the detailed section below so they can just click and connect with you directly. They don't have to search too far. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Awesome. Okay. So for the final segment of the show, kind of like a rapid fire, you can answer one word, one sentence. I don't really like to be put in a box. So if you feel like you need to expand, feel free, go right ahead. (laughs) Got it. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Pray and thank God that I made it to another day. Mm, Okay. And what's the last thing you do at night before you go to bed? Pray and be grateful for three things that happened in my life because we, something good happened to you, no matter what bad happened to you, something good happened. So I think about, or write down three things, good things that happened to me and what I'm grateful for. I love it. If you could create one law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would that be? Be nice to people. It's too many people that are just don't have value and respect for other human beings. We're all human. We're all flawed and we all deserve a chance. I mean, if you break the law, other than that, I guess, <laughs> I'm not, you know, you break the law, that's that, but just be nice to people. Just be helpful. Be, have a good heart. I think in this day and age, it's just so many people that don't, but I wish I could change that, but we can't change people. So, but that's what right. I would wish if it could be law, if it could be a law. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass. That's Mm -hmm. like one of the first books that I read that I was like, oh, I can do this. You know, (laughs) it was a really good book. It it opened my eyes. Oh, and The Secret. I'm sorry. I like that book too. There's a lot of good things in there. It's a lot of good things in that book too, that I would have never thought about. And my eyes just were open to a different perspective. And of course, every, everybody may not be into manifesting and those type of things, but I'm just always open to different perspectives. And I've leveraged that book to my life's benefit. And mm-hmm. the book is true. Yeah. Uh, I love th- those two things you just said. As soon as you said um, Jensen Chair, I turned around and I'm like, I have two of her books right here. Um, <laughs> and then when you said The Secret, so you probably can't see that picture from here, but that's um, me and Bob Proctor and his wife, Linda. So <laughs> so I know what you mean because he entirely flipped my world upside down and being connected to him and his family since 2013 changed my entire life, my entire view of life. And I don't know what I would have done without the principles that I learned from him. Wow. And I love every single part that he is in that book. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's an amazing human being. Um, okay. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Build an online business, make money doing what you love. With my Instagram on there so they can come follow. <laughs> <laughs> or a QR code that they could just, you know, that's, that's hot nowadays. That's marketing. <laughs> All right. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? I think a new habit is working out in the last five years. I've definitely put more into my health. I am a slim person, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to work out. And I've been told all my life that you're slim. You don't need to go to the gym. That's stupid. And it's like, no, it's for wellness. Like mm-hmm. I want to be 60 and I can climb stairs and squat and do everything because my grandma lived to be 95. And so I know that I have longevity in my family. I just need to be proactive mm-hmm. and take care of my health and wellness. So working out, just eating better in general, and just really looking at like what we intake. We don't drink like soda or anything, mainly water. I've really took on, you know, more interest in my health in the last five years. I love it. And I love that you pointed out, you know, because you're a slim person doesn't mean you don't have to work out. I've been slim my entire life too. So I get it. People will say stuff, the most random off the chart stuff. Um, (laughs) but healthy motion equals healthy emotion. So, you know, being active, um, physically active, whether you go to the gym, whether you go for a walk, run, whatever you do, um, it's all a part of making sure that you live longer and a healthier life. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Collaborate with other women. Collaboration over competition. There's so many, there's billions of people in the world we can definitely connect and just help one another more. I think women, we can connect more. Yep. I 1000% agree with you on that. I feel like we're often in our own silos, trying to do our own thing, slowly moving forward, but together we can have exponential growth together. We can make a greater impact. I think, you know, when we're unhealed, we have this idea or this mindset that we shouldn't work with anybody because, you know, it's a scarcity mindset. They're going to steal our ideas or they're going to take this or going to take that. But we have so much power as women. And when we work together, when we collaborate, when we leverage each other's uh, skills and strengths, we can do so much more. So I agree. (laughs) Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your story and your gems and your wisdom with us today. I truly appreciate you. And I know I will continue to follow your journey and be a cheerleader from over here across the border because I love what you're doing. So keep doing you. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. And to all of you healers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcast. And I just want to thank each and every one of you that continues to listen each week to help us rank globally in the top 1.5% of most popular podcasts. And that's over 3 million podcasts out there. So that's insane. (laughs) And I want you to screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram and let us know what your aha moment was. You can tag Michelle at Michelle L. Thames. You can tag myself at the real McKinney Smith. A healthy community is a healing community and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. So let's continue to heal 